Welcome to Memphis Metropolis on WYXR 91.7 FM. I'm your host, Emily Trenum. Memphis Metropolis is all about our city as an urban place, including its neighborhoods, buildings, pathways, and parks, as well as the people who shape it. Join us each week as community leaders and commentators talk with me about our shared built environment. The Brooks is open in Overton Park, home to Memphis art collection since 1916. The Memphis Brooks Museum of Art holds the largest collection of world art in the region, with more than 10,000 works spanning 5,000 years of art and cultures. Remember, every Wednesday is free and open until 8 p.m. They are a proud sponsor of WYXR. For more information about the museum and their exhibitions, visit brooksmuseum.org. You belong at the Brooks. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Memphis Metropolis and WYXR 91.7 FM. I'm Emily Trenum. I'm the host of Memphis Metropolis. And this week, um, I'm going to be lifting up one of my favorite kinds of stories, which is really, uh, I've done a no- number of programs about, you know, grassroots citizen projects that ignited larger community changes. I had a show talking about, you know, Broad Avenue and there's been several. So, and my guests today are working on that kind of a project. And so I'm excited to introduce Emily Bishop and Karen Lebovitz. They're with MidtownMemphis.org, which has been around for quite a while. We're going to talk about the project specifically in a minute, but um, welcome, Emily. Welcome, Karen. Thank you. Hi, thanks. So, um, so before we talk about the I'm calling it the Madison Avalon Improvement Project. It's probably got a, a more official name, so you can correct me. But let's just talk about MidtownMemphis.org. I know it's been around for a while. And so what is it and who's involved and what do you guys do aside from the project we're going to talk about? Well, uh, I think it's been around since 2008 and started out as a auxiliary group to the Heart of the Arts which was focused on uh, development in Overton Square. And um, I was recruited as a business owner and uh, uh, our first battles were uh, the uh, grocery store. They wanted to put in Overton Square, but we were there as a support group um, for the building of the new playhouse on the square as well. I remember that heart of the arts. It was a whole plan developed for that. And I, I should have mentioned on the front end that Karen, you're also the owner of the always fabulous Otherlands coffee shop. So that's an important identifier for you. Probably everybody knows that, but just in case they don't, um, people need to know about it and of course patronize it. So Karen, so you've been involved since the beginning, right? Yes. So, um, so who, so once, you know, the heart of the arts plan was done, how did it transition into sort of a, a more, not just exclusively arts, but more sort of a midtown improvement organization? Well, it was a real gradual thing. Um, the first person to organize this was this guy, Robert Phillips, and he was mostly reaching out to business owners and, um, and movers and groovers in the area. And I can't really remember how it transitioned. Well, who, whatever happened to Robert Phillips? 
Uh, he moved to Chattanooga, had a bunch of crazy stuff happen to him, and now he's back in Memphis and kind of living in northern Mississippi. And I've seen him lately really? quite a bit. Really? He was a great guy. I remember. That's been a while, but I remember him, and I remember his involvement in the organization. Well, I know one thing. I want to talk about two things quickly. One thing is um, the Memphis Mojo Awards, which um, have been going on for a couple of years. So, Emily, what are the Mojo Awards? I'm putting you on the spot here. Well, uh, Karen and I have known each other for quite a long time, and she recruited me initially to help out with uh, uh, the Mojo of Midtown Awards event. And I worked on that. I think we've done six, five years. But, uh, you know, COVID kind of hiccuped everybody. So, um, but what are the what are the Mojo Awards exactly? The Mojo Awards were created, and Linda Sowell from Sowell Realty is a board member, and it was her idea that you know Memphis over the years we've gotten much better, but Memphis uh, really didn't give itself the credit that was due for all the wonderful things that were happening here. And it, it was her idea that, especially in Midtown, to recognize some of the, the business owners and organizations and individuals who've made a significant impact on what a wonderful place that Midtown is. And that, uh, you know, people who come here, you know, they realize that there is a different vibe. There's a difference in Midtown than, you know, maybe way out in the far suburbs. Well, all neighborhoods have their own flavor, but I think Midtown has something special and we like to call it Mojo. And um, we, uh, you know, pick uh, around five. Sometimes it's a little more recipients each year. And it's been a great way to learn about people and, you know, how they got to where they were and, and, and what it is that inspires them. And I always leave the Mojo Awards so inspired by everybody who is uh, recognized. And it's a great fun party in Midtown. So, you know, we know how to throw a party, too. I agree with that. I've been... I think most years, and it is a great party, there's live music and there's food from Midtown restaurants. And then the award ceremony itself is always really fun. Joe Birch is frequently the MC, And um, and then the recipients get amazing handmade plaques by Karen Capps, who's a fabulous Midtown artist. It's really a special, it's not a typical award ceremony where you're sort of sitting at a banquet table, just wondering like, wonder if the bar is still open. Well, first of all, you know, it is at the Mojo Awards, right. but also it's the, in terms of award ceremonies, which can be really dull. Um, it's really a super fun event. So what, what is that in March? Just remind me generally when that is. Well, it depends on the, the circuit playhouse schedule, but typically it's either the, the end of March or the very early April. But we have to pick a Wednesday night uh, that, you know, the stage is available. And, and the look of the Mojo Awards kind of changes every year depending on, uh, you know, what's happening on stage. And, and we're learning and we're growing and, and uh, you know, every year trying to listen to feedback and, and make it a better experience for everybody who comes well, out. Well, it's a super fun event for sure. So everyone needs to pay attention next spring. And if you haven't been, I highly encourage it. So the other thing um, I think of that the midtownmemphis.org gets involved with is just kind of paying attention to 
land use cases and there's been a ton of development. And I know um, Midtown Memphis has weighed in on a number of those. Karen, do you want to talk about that just for a minute? Not necessarily your opinion about different developments, but just how that's been an important part of what the organization has done. Well, I think every neighborhood struggles with the every neighborhood that has historic designations struggles with proper development. And um, it's a big time all over the the country for developers to come in and do some pretty outrageous things. And so through our planning and development um, meetings, we're watching what's coming up and weighing in and trying to help the neighborhoods by giving um, feedback to the different um, things that are discussed. Well, and that kind of that kind of role for an organized neighborhood is so important, and it's it's incredibly time consuming. You've got to read technical documents, and but I mean, having been on some of those groups where projects are getting approved, I mean, the voice of the neighborhood just can't be overstated how important it is. So I really admire the organization too. I've been to some of those committee meetings, really admire the organization for consistently paying attention and being a voice for the neighborhood. So kudos for that. So let's talk about the project that I really was interested in and why I asked you to come on the show. So the um, the last couple years, um, MidtownMemphis.org's undertaken a, a kind of a, I would call it a street, Im, a, a street improvement project for want of a better word um, at the starting at Madison and Avalon where the cash saver is and then kind of a vision for the whole area. But I don't want to, I don't want to, I want to put words in your mouth for sure. So who wants to just talk about well, first of all, what is, let's talk about the area. Um, what area exactly are we talking about? Sort of the larger area. And then um, how did you guys get interested and, and think, you know, we really need to do something over there to to make it better? Who wants to start? Go ahead, Emily. Okay. Well, uh, Karen and I have had a lot of conversations, uh, you know, about that area, uh, especially prior to the uh, Madison Midtown apartments being built. Um, There was a blight over there. There was, you know, where the apartments are now was just a big vacant lot for years. And, you know, there was a lot of homeless people who were hanging out there and it was really trashed out. And, um, you know, the it's kind of an area that is is bordered by some really strong, great neighborhoods, but it's not it doesn't have a sense of its own place. Um, We did a survey where we were asking people, what do you call this place? And, you know, the only thing that was consistent was Midtown. And, you know, as as we know, Midtown varies depending on who you ask. Uh, So uh, but safety became apparent to us as we were doing cleanups over there for MLK Day, you know, just out there picking up trash. You realize that pedestrians and uh, bicycle folks uh, really uh, have a challenge there because 
of the speed of the vehicles, the, the, the you know, the sidewalks are not, some of them are not in great condition. And so we realized that, hey, this is an area that although people, not a lot of people actually live there because it's mostly commercial, uh, everybody drives through there. Whether you're going to Home Depot or you're going to Cash Saver or hitting Murphy's for live mu music. And, you know, we've met uh, the business owners. We've invited them to give input about what they would like to see. And over and over again, safety became the big issue that we realized that there was a lot that could be done to make the area safer, make it look well cared for, and uh, create some shade with some trees. And that will do so much to um, create a sense of uh, a beauty and a place that people care about and want to walk and bike and go through and get out of their cars and enjoy uh, all of the amenities that are around there. So in terms of safety, are you, are you, I mean, you talked about the car speeding. Are you talking about, you know, pedestrian safety or um, crime prevention safety, or do you hope for some of both? I think we, we hope for some of both. Um, uh, the crosswalks could definitely be improved right there at Avalon and Madison. Right now, uh, you can only cross Madison on the east side. And all the time we see people crossing where there is no crosswalk. And I think if, if that could be more clearly marked and add crossing on the east side of that, I think that could do a lot to improve it. And uh, when the Madison Avenue was re striped to allow for bike lanes on the rest of Madison, they created uh, parking lanes on each side right in front of cash savers and on the other side in front of Crumpies and Doodads, that little shopping center. But nobody parks there. It's used as a uh, unofficial uh, passing lane uh, and, uh, and a turning lane when people are going to Home Depot. There's a bus stop right in front of Cash Saver uh, that is well used. I mean, you, you almost every time that I go by there, I see several people waiting on a bus. And, and we're, they're doing the big uh, uh, corridor innovation project going down Madison Avenue. And it's such a short block in between, I mean, going down Union Avenue, I'm sorry. And it's such a short block from Madison to Union. There's a great uh, opportunity here to really tie in to that and promote, you know, people using uh, public transit, having a, you know, better transit system. And uh, yeah, so we want to, I'm sorry, I got off track there a little bit. Going back to in front of cash saver. Yeah, no, this is this is great. So but tell me about what you've already, like you have, so a lot of this is improving the look and feel of the area. So you've actually done some um, landscaping there. Um, so what have you done so far from a landscaping perspective? So people can drive by and admire it. You want to go, Carrie? Uh, <laughs> sure. So Emily has been working with uh, MPI in the works, and uh, we have a relationship with them. And Mary Baker was on our board at one point. And Mary Baker is very much a uh, native plants, native plants, native plants. So we planted uh, buttonbush and beautyberry and mulberry. And um, what's that other tree? Uh, Eastern redbud. Eastern redbud and, there. So, and, and where um, are those exactly? They're on both sides of Avalon, south of Madison. So behind Murphy's, 
and across the street on the hill going up to the Crumpy Shopping okay. Center. And uh, so that's transformed the area. Plus, we built a retaining wall and added dirt and mulched. And um, it's really changed that and uh, made it easy first. Well, not easy, but easier than put, digging a hole in concrete. Uh first step towards this project. So, um, okay. So yes. And I have been by there. It's really great. So, so what's the, um, in terms of Madison itself, um, what would you, uh, I want to talk in a minute about, you know, how government could get involved with something, you know, bigger and more elaborate, but in the short term, what, what is your vision for what Madison could look like from a, what would you like to do landscaping wise for Madison? Well, first of all, we would like to work with uh, the city engineering department and redesignate those parking lines as no parking. And, you know, we, it could potentially start out as just these horizontal stripes and visually, I think that would narrow Madison visually, and that has been proven to slow down traffic. And, you know, that in itself will make it feel safer. And then we would like to follow that up with either large uh, planters with large bushes or trees. Uh, and ultimately, we think it'd be a great idea to actually plant trees in the street. But to have a, a, a visual barrier to narrow the street, create some shade, um, you know, create some beauty, some interest along there. Uh, we've been talking with the owners of Cash Saver, and they have been super fabulous. Um, they're willing to, you know, work with us not only in front of Madison, but but the next uh, thing that we're going to accomplish is on Avalon, on the east side of the Cash Saver parking lot, there is a... T- Angeles, Angeles. I'm sorry. Thank you. On Angeles, the sidewalk there is 10 feet wide and there's no power lines overhead. And, um, you know, living in the city, I know we've all seen the terrible situations where you plant a tree and it's small, but 30 years from now or 40 years from now, it's big. And then MLG and W has to come in and, and trim the uh, the tree back. And so we would never have to do that. It would be, uh, you know, we would avoid that whole nightmare of of uh, cutting the tree back and plus the maintenance issues. So if, if Angeles became this tree line street and planters in the cash saver parking lot and then, you know, get treat street trees on Madison in what is now the parking lane, whether they're in big planters or whether they're in the street, I think it'll accomplish, you know, the same thing of slowing down traffic, making it safer, making that place feel, um, you know, more cared for and more beautiful and a place that people will feel safe. Yeah. I love this idea because I do think it would, um, I do think it would, because when you when you think about it, you know, farther east on Madison, um, you know, really when you get, um, you know, east of sort of Evergreen, people do park on the street because there's there aren't as many surface parking lots, and so you can't use that as a turning. I mean, you still occasionally see it, but you really can't use that as a turning lane because. Parking is in those spots, which is great for the businesses. That was one of the bonuses of the bike lanes. 
But as you mentioned, I mean, we, there's obviously not only a huge surface parking lot in front of Cash Saver, but there's also a big, par- you know, surface parking lot on the other side. And you wouldn't even park on the street. There'd be, it would be inconvenient to park on the street. You could park much closer to the businesses. So that makes a lot of sense to stripe those and then to, um, you know, plant them or put planters. I do think it would totally, not only would it approve the aesthetics a, a million times over, but it would, um, I definitely think it would slow down. It would just, and we've talked about this, Emily, it would just, it would just um, when you're there, it would just, you. it would feel different to be a person navigating the street. It would just feel different. Absolutely. Yeah, that's well, I want to say, too, that um, what has been built in the medical district all the way from Peabody and Linden to almost Danny Thomas is really inspiring. And you see that, and it's a used area, but it's not as used as this area is. So why can't this area be beautiful, too? And uh, Well, I, I completely agree. I mean, we, we talked about that, and actually I want to ask about that. But before I do that, um, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Memphis Metropolis on WYXR 91.7 FM. And I'm with Emily Bishop and Karen Lebovitz from MidtownMemphis.org. And we're talking about uh, a beautification and improvement project that they're leading in the Madison Avalon area, uh, which is actually kind of an important node uh, in Midtown. So, so the, um, I agree with you, Karen. I mean, there's those improvements um, in the, in the medical district are amazing. Um, those, and one of the things we talked about before we recorded the show is that this location you're working in is kind of in between these, you know, redevelopment areas that have dollars attached to them. I mean, Overton Square, it's really private developers primarily. Medical district collaborative is there's a lot of different funders for those areas, but those kind of improvements are expensive. You know, those the painting on the street, the fancy crosswalks, those those you know those big raised dots that I've that I've driven over, which don't tell anybody, don't tell my husband for sure. But you know, I'm talking about those things are all expensive, and so what's your strategy, if any, to eventually? Um, try to get those kind of, um, I want to say fancier or more formal improvements to this area. Do you have got some kind of a campaign? Are you going to bring elected officials around and try to get into the budgets? What do, what have you? Absolutely, we, okay. absolutely. We're we're going to be doing everything we can to number one uh, raise support, raise awareness. Um, it's going to take uh, the city being a great partner, and this is going to be a win win for for Midtown and for uh, our uh, elected officials, because this is just supporting and going along with all of the great improvements that have been happening in the edge and the medical uh, district and down to Overton Square. We're going to be doing a bunch of fundraising. Uh, We're going to be working on some grants. You're going to, you know, if you uh, uh, follow us on Facebook or check out our website, 
Uh, we're going to have information very soon. We're probably going to do um, where people can sponsor a tree uh, and, and the public can uh, become our partners as well to, you know, help transform this area. So who are some of the other stakeholders or people helping you? Because I want to make sure, and it, you mentioned Cash Saver, but also, you know, I know Andy Kissinger has been involved in helping draw a plan. So who are some of the other folks besides the two of you that have really been instrumental in the project? Well, Benny Carter, who owns uh, Murphy's, um, he has not only been uh, supportive and allowing us to do the retaining wall and uh, the, you know, the, the, plantings there, but he's actually come out and joined in and and put in some sweat equity when we were cleaning up the area and doing some of the initial plantings. Uh, Corey at Crumpy's, uh, they're all on board. They've got some improvements planned uh, to the little side yard outside of their business. Um, you know, everybody that we've talked to, the new management at uh, Madison Midtown Apartments, you know, of course, this is going to be a big bonus for their residents. Uh, everybody that we've talked to has been enthusiastic and supportive about it. I mean, it's just one of those things where it just takes somebody to step forward and 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 get everybody on the same page and get this thing with some momentum. And so MidtownMemphis.org is, is we've taken up the charge and uh, we're very excited to do so. And it you know, it, it lets people know a little bit more about what who we are and what we do in addition to our planning and development uh, meetings that we hold with the neighborhoods in the historic districts every month. You know, that's the meat of what we do. And then, of course, we do the Mojo Awards. But this is something else that people can, um, you know, learn more about us and uh, opportunity for them to participate. Well, and that's one of the great things. Um to me, and I mentioned this at sort of the top of the show, I mean, so many times people, and I'm guilty of this, you're driving around, you say, you know, somebody ought to fill in the blank, you know, someone ought to work on those, um, you know, work on those houses that are boarded up, somebody ought to fix this up. So Karen, talk about how that, how that transformed into, because I think of you as a person who you you just you're a person who says you know what nobody is doing that i'm going to do something so just and she's the great connector she knows how to put the right people together yes. so so, so <laughs> go Karen. well i mean that is exactly what happened is that somebody ought to and and so bit by bit we are doing it and uh hope to get a lot of support from the community um it is going to take probably $100,000, if not more, to really do this. Uh, uh, you know, you have interior design. Well, we're doing exterior design, you know, so we need some, we're going to decorate the street. We want it to be like you come around the corner on Madison past Belvedere uh, as if there's a festival going on and uh, everybody gets hap- slows down and gets happier as a result. But it is going to take a lot of connectivity to make it happen. Well, and it's um, plus, I mean, you know, things like engineering drawings that you'll probably need at some point. Those things are, you know, if any kind of infrastructure changes are, you know, you're getting out the big checkbook. Yeah, it's massive. Um, although I guess the, so what, what, like in terms of short-term needs, do you need planters or 
Um, do you need, what are, what are some short-term needs we can lift up in case people want to, I mean, obviously people can make donations, which is always great, but are there some specific needs or areas of expertise that you could utilize at this moment? Well, you mentioned planters and, and one thing that has evolved and we've learned is, you know, whatever you plant, especially is especially apparent in this heat and this hot and dry spell that we're going through is you have to have water to keep things alive. So they have these wonderful new self-watering planters, which basically there's a big cavity inside the planter that you can fill up with water and the plant, you know, soaks up the water as it's needed so that you're not out there, you know, with a water truck every few days in a spell like this. So, uh, you know, people who have connections on, uh, you know, great ways to purchase those really large uh, self-watering containers, um, you know, the, the city will have to be the one that will redesignate the parking lines to no parking. And so, you know, we're going to need support uh, on getting that uh, funded to where that can be, you know, done. And, and like you said, because it's an engineering feat. And then as we move forward, we'll be dealing with, you know, cash saver things on their private property and plantings. We've got, you know, Mary Baker that Karen mentioned, who is with the works and doing an incredible project over in Washington Bottoms that we've been able to partner with her over. And so many people don't even know where Washington Bottoms is. But if you go down McNeil and the corner of McNeil and Jefferson, if you go over there, you would, you know, see an amazing transporta- uh, transformation over there right now. But, you know, uh, yeah, people well, with different expertise all welcome. Yeah, people don't know. I mean, uh, and I, I really need to get Mary on the program to talk about the Washington Bottoms Project. But that's that area where there was a lot of uh, low-income housing that was um, where a lot of refugees came, lived when they first came to Memphis. This is probably 15, 20 years ago. And a lot of those ho- that, that housing was torn down with the expectation of a, a big real estate development going in. There was talk about a target and, you know, that I think that was foreclosed on and then the city had to, anyway, there's a whole bunch of land back there that eventually will get redeveloped. But in the meantime, the Works Incorporated has done a bunch of interesting landscaping back there and improvement of the area. So we need to. Yeah. And there's a whole urban garden back there as well. Yeah, pe- They're in the process now of getting a, a, a city water hookup because they're having the same problem we're having. And, and I'm sure everybody's having is keeping everything watered enough to keep it alive. Yeah. I mean, that's a little bit of a digression, but if people aren't aware of that, people need to, people and listeners need to drive back in there and check it out because it's on their well, after they've checked out the um, the plantings on Avalon that you guys have done, they need to continue on their journey and go to the Washington Bottoms Gardens and look at that. So, what about the shopping center that's at the um, that's at I guess the you know the southeast corner? You mentioned Crumpies was supporting you, but who owns that, and are they? Um, I feel like there's in Midtown, there's still a lot of buildings that are owned by people that have owned them forever and don't want to sell them. 
because they're waiting for them to appreciate, but also aren't really improving them. And that shopping center, and you may not want to name names, but are you working with the owners of that shopping center? Or what about some of the other individual businesses? The Vietnamese restaurant is right in there. Well, we we have reached out to the owner of the shopping center and invited him and all the business owners to our meetings where we were, you know, wanting to listen to the people there to find out what was important to them, what did they want to see happen. Unfortunately, you know, they weren't able to uh, attend yet, but we're we're optimistic that they will see the great things that are happening and want to know that their uh, investment in that property is a solid investment. And, and that's what happens. Uh, you know, I was pretty early resident over in Cooper Young. And uh, when I first moved there or here, you know, it, um, there was a lot of uh, houses that needed a lot of love, but it's kind of the domino effect. Once one person starts fixing something up, then the next person goes, oh, okay, well, it's going to be okay. This is a place that I want to stay. And we, we see that happening in this stretch of Madison Avenue as well. Uh, you know, we definitely love Fobin and, you know, the people who are at, at Doodads every day and, and the other businesses throughout there. Uh, we want to support them and help them not only stay there, but to thrive there. Well, when you think about it, that's one of those intersections where really you can, if you're, if you're traveling on foot there, you can really meet a lot of your needs. I mean, there's a, a great grocery store and then, yeah, you can do your laundry. You can have great Vietnamese food. You can get your beauty supplies. You can stop by Murphy's for a beer. I mean, really, it's kind of all, it's kind of, and there's the bus. <laughs> so it's kind of all there. There aren't really any daily needs that you couldn't. I don't think there's a dry cleaner right there, but it really aren't that aren't any daily needs. You couldn't meet at that one intersection. And what you're talking about doing really is ultimately going to improve their the property values. Absolutely. And there's a doctor's office there too. So, you know, there's healthcare into the mix and there's childcare down the street yeah. and, uh, you know, so there is a lot of the needs and music, you know, we really need to talk about music. Uh, the new uh, uh, invented uh, Minglewood Hall is open again and going to be better than ever. And you know, then we have the history of across the street is where uh, the uh, antenna was. Thank you. I, I drew a blank there. The antenna club and uh, somebody the other day was saying, "Yeah, we got to get that historical marker back up because so many Memphians uh, uh, saw some incredible music there, and so there's this great history with music all over Memphis, but on this stretch of Madison as well." Well, and Murphy's has been there forever. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, and Benny has uh, bought the space next to him and is planning to expand music into that. The old vacuum cleaner store. Okay, I was wondering about that. I drove by there this the other day. I was thinking, I knew it had closed. I mean, I guess a business like that becomes obsolete. But that's great that they're expanding. That sounds like, because uh, Murphy's is really not that big. So it's a great. Did you, when you drove past, did you think, where is that gorilla? Yes, I did. <laughs> where is the gorilla? <laughs> I don't know. We have to ask Benny and get him to <laughs> We'll have to have a party and, and hopefully the gorilla is still around and we can we can bring it out and, and celebrate the it, gorilla. It could project. be a mascot for this project. Yeah. <laughs> so um so the before we move on, I have a couple other questions. I mean, is it is the vision really 
you know, Avalon, Angelus, and Madison in between? Is that sort of the big territory that you'd ultimately like to work in? Is that encompass it? Well, we'd like to actually go on down to Belvedere, uh, very much like what has been done uh, in Overton Square, where those turn lanes in a lot of cases, you know, not only was Memphis, like every city, very car centric, but we used to have the trolley lines. And so the the turn lane in Cooper Young, where the gazebo is now, that was so the trolley line could turn. And uh, the turn lane there at Belvedere, we would love to see that uh, transformed into, a, you know, a pedestrian island and make it beautiful. It'd be so much safer to cross there. Uh, you know, by the in between the gas station and the old Zinnies. And now we've got the the new business there on the corner, uh, Thrive. Uh, so there's a lot happening there that could benefit from this as well. Plus, there's the little pocket park there that yeah. that um, I love this idea because you're right. There is one of those turn lanes. They've blocked off the one at Overton Park, um, Overton Square with um, with planters which is which has very been very effective in slowing down um and making that area safer i would love to see those kind of improvements happening at that intersection so that's a great idea to kind of extend it along there because that area also is not the most doesn't feel the most safe to cross absolutely and and you know when you go to belvedere and union there's so much there. So talk about walkability and all of your needs being met. Uh, you know, it's it's all there. And uh, there's a lot more housing that is along Monroe. Uh, there's been tons of improvements are being made there. Uh, and there's great opportunities for some surface parking all around there that could be uh, better utilized as well. So, Karen, there you you also lived in Midtown a long time, and you know Midtown is changing. Uh, it's changing a lot, and it's changing fast, um, especially in terms of you know a lot of apartments being built. And I mean, I guess, I guess some people are think those kinds of things are great. For sure, there's some negative ripple effects in terms of people having to move out of the neighborhood because it's getting it's getting expensive, but talk, just talk a little bit about things that are happening in Midtown that you're excited about. I mean, Emily mentioned the innovation corridor, which is of course very close to this, but what, what are some things in, in happening in Midtown that um, are improvements that you're excited about? Well, uh, we've had a lot happen through rail garden and um, Minglewood and B side. Um, so a lot of new, um, music venues. It's very exciting. Um, I am apprehensive. I'm going to get a little negative here for a minute about too much um, in certain areas and how that's going to affect our lifestyles because I think one thing all Midtowners can agree to is it's easy to take care of your needs and to get around, but if you create too much density, like the proposal at Central and Cooper, it could just make it where you have to make a daily detour and um, you have to, I think we need to be really aware of that. And the uh, movement to build in, not out can really um, have a negative impact. I mean, for me, 
uh, that's near my business. And so I could think, oh, more people to drink more coffee and eat more turkey melts. But <clears throat> at the same time, you know, I think we have to be careful about that. Yeah, for sure. There's a discussion to be had. I live in the heart of Midtown and I'm generally, you know, happy to see more density. And because I like the urban environment, but there's, there's, there's a lot of things that have to be taken into account and, and also just anticipated and um, mitigated uh, before we, we have the kind of problems you're talking about. Because for sure, we don't want, um, there is, it, Midtown is, it's very easy to get around and we, we for sure want to keep it that way. So what about you, Emily? What are some things that are happening in Midtown that you're excited about? Well, I'm excited about everything that's been happening, the revitalization of Overton Park, the uh, Ornamental Metal Museum moving there. I mean, everybody was sad to see uh, MCA uh, leave, but uh, to have an Ornamental Metal Museum come is going to be a huge bonus. Uh, there's a lot of potential there. And Karen and I walk almost every day in Overton Park and uh, it, it's, you know, it's incredible. And with the development that happened there at Sam Cooper with the apartments, uh, I mean, what a wonderful thing for apartment livers uh, to have, to be able to walk across uh, East Parkway and have this incredible park right there. I think uh, it's going to uh, solidify all the good things that have been happening over on Broad. I know they have their apartments uh, that are happening as well. I am a little concerned with so many apartments going up at once. Um, uh, and, you know, are there going to be enough people who, who, who are going to be there to live in the apartments? You know, I feel more comfortable when it is a local person developing and that is here for the long haul and has the best interest of the city in mind versus somebody who's just coming in to build an apartment building to sell it to move on to their next project. I think those tend to down the road be the ones that are most vulnerable that uh, when the economy does dip and, and people can't afford it, then then what happens? So I just want to we're all about smart development, smart growth. Uh, those are the things that, you know, we want to have these discussions about and listen to the neighborhoods and find out what it what's best for everybody. Yeah, for sure. There are so many apartments going in. And um, I do think they'll I, I, when I was in graduate school, I took a real estate class and someone came and talked about the multifamily industry. And basically, like a lot of things, it's very cyclical. What is happening now happens. There's everyone goes in and there's a lot of stuff built and then demand there isn't enough people, but over time, people do come in and the demand fills up the supply and then the whole thing happens again. So I do think there will be, um, there's going to be probably too much inventory for a while. And, um, but I think Midtown is going to continue to be an area that people want to live. But one of the things, and we talked a little bit about the innovation corridor, just to remind people that's, um, Going, that's going to be a um, a kind of bus rapid transit along Union. That's going to dedicate a lane on Union for kind of an express bus that's going to run from downtown to the University of Memphis area. I think 
down union. And I'm excited about that, but I'm also excited about sort of a longer term effort to make union more pedestrian friendly. I do think there's some plans in the works to do some traffic calming, maybe some beautification on union. And I don't know whether there'll be a lane reduction or not. That's a major thoroughfare, but I think that's on the sort of the city engineer and the planner's wish list. And I would love to see that happen because I consider that to be a very unfriendly area as a pedestrian and kind of divides, you know, the Overton Square area from when you're traveling down to Cooper Young and stuff like that. And I'd love to see that node, especially at, you know, the sort of Cooper I mean, at the major intersections, I'd like to see those nodes be a little be improved. So it's a more uh, it's a friendlier experience to walk and also to ride a bike. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's amazing to me uh, the number of bike riders just when I'm out running my errands or, you know, uh, going to the grocery store, the number of bike riders, even in this heat. Uh, has been amazing. And uh, I think that's going to continue to grow. And that's what's going to be, you know, best for Midtown, best for our planet. (laughs) You know, it's just a win-win for everybody. We'll be healthier. And uh, yeah, we're all about that. So last question. And Karen, I guess you can answer this. If people want to get involved in this Madison Avalon project, or just want to get involved in in MidtownMemphis.org, what's the best way for them to do that? There's a link on our <clears throat> website that they can respond to to get involved. And um, we really, really welcome that and uh, are very excited about building this with the community. Well, and I'll put the, uh, you know, a lot of people listen to the show as a podcast, and I'll put that link in the show notes for the podcast so people can access it that way. But it's actually midtownmemphis.org is the website, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, this has been great, great, great discussion. Um, I've been talking to Emily Bishop and Karen Levovitz with MidtownMethods.org. We've been talking about a lot of different things, but specifically uh, an improvement project that the organization is undertaking on Madison and Avalon, and then some areas a little bit beyond that. And so, Emily, Karen, thank you so much for coming on Memphis Metropolis. Thank you. Thanks, Emily. It was a pleasure. The Orpheum Broadway season presents Lerner and Lowe's My Fair Lady, July 26th through the 31st. From Lincoln Center Theater comes a new revival of the musical, boasting songs as I Could Have Danced All Night, The Rain in Spain, Wouldn't It Be Lovely, and On the Street Where You Live. For more information, visit orpheum-memphis.com. You've been listening to Memphis Metropolis on WYXR 91.7 FM. I'm Emily Trenum. Memphis Metropolis airs every Monday at 1, so please tune in again next week. You can listen to past programs on our program page at wyxr.org or on memphismetropolis.com. You can also follow us and send feedback on social media. Now, stay tuned for Memphis Undercover with Nancy.